0: Hi, and welcome to another great message from Noosa Church. We pray that you're impacted and inspired by this teaching. For more information and service times, check out our website at noosa.church. Enjoy. Moses, Pharaoh, and Israel. Now, the great line, if you if you want to use that, you know, that great line that Moses is, is so well known for is when he went to Pharaoh, and what did he say? Let my people go. Such a great, it's such a great line, but, and, and he was asking them to let his people go. He was asking Pharaoh to let his people go. Why? So that they could go and sacrifice, so that they could worship in the wilderness. Not just let, it's one of the things that we get caught in in the modern era is we want to get let go of our, of our slavery and of our bondage or whatever is holding us back, but we don't actually have a place to go. And the, the reality is, where's, where does what God want you? He wants you to be let go. He wants you to be released but he wants you to be released so that you can go and worship him. And I love it that, you know, I, I love the story and, it, you know, I was going to read it to you this morning and it's just an easy quick five chapters of Exodus and, and, and the story, you know, and the story goes that you know, obviously Moses meets with God and, and, um, you know, he sees him in the burning bush and all these bunch of things happen. And then he gets to, to, to Pharaoh and he, and he, and he, and he shows, you know, he he uses Aaron and and they put the staff on the ground and it turns into a serpent and and then and then um, Pharaoh's magicians do the same thing and Pharaoh's hearts hardened and he doesn't let them go and then and then ten plagues happen. You know, there's frogs, there's lice, there's hail, there's pestilence to the animals. You know, there's all these crazy things. There's you know, there's all there's all these there's ten plagues in there and then it culminates. You know, with the death of the firstborn across the whole of Egypt, and each time, you know, um, Moses says those great words: "Pharaoh, let my people go, so that they may worship in the wilderness, so they may sacrifice to me in the wilderness." And and along the way, Pharaoh he has these moments, doesn't he, where he acknowledges that the Lord is the Lord, and he says, he says, "Mate, you you can go and worship, but." How about you just worship where you are in the land of Goshen? You know, and Moses says, no, no. And then eventually Moses prays and they're released from whatever that plague is. And then Pharaoh's heart's hardened. And then, and then he says, forget about it. You're staying. And then something else happened. And, Mo, and then he says to Moses, okay, maybe you can go, but don't take any of your livestock with you. And Moses, well, what are we going to sacrifice to the Lord in the wilderness? So in eventually each time Pharaoh's heart is hardened, but he has these moments. Where he gets this revelation that God is God, and he and he and he's humbled in a moment. But then, once the humbling moment finishes, once these they're released from whatever it was—the frogs or the or the or the lice or the or the water being turned to blood or whatever it is—once they're released from it, he he his heart hardens again because he's not he's not afraid anymore of what the Lord could do because he's having a moment of peace. And then eventually. You know we, know we know the great story of the of the Passover and you know and, and God says to, to through Moses and Aaron to the children of Israel you know go through all this process and, and and kill the firstborn lamb and put his blood on the on the door and the lintel post and when the when the you know when the Lord goes through the land of Egypt and all of the firstborn are killed the, the houses that have the blood on the lintel post and the, and, and, and are spared of their children. Losing their firstborn child, and then okay, finally, Israel gets out into the wilderness. And even after you know, even after all of these things have happened, eventually Pharaoh goes, hey, we've lost our workforce, we've lost our you know." So he gets in his chariot, takes his army with him, chases them out to where the to where the Red Sea is. And then once he when they get to the Red Sea, the people turn around, they see Pharaoh, and then they're full of fear. They've seen, all, they've seen God deliver them over and over again, yet they see Pharaoh and they're still afraid. So what does God do? He says, you know, he even says to Moses, Stop crying to me, Moses. He says, Go down, put your staff out, and I'll part the waters, and you'll pass through the Red Sea on dry ground. And the Israelites went through. And eventually the, the, the Pharaoh and the, and the Egyptian soldiers went through as well. And then, but once the Israelites had got to the other side. God shut the waters and miraculously destroyed, wiped out all of, wiped out Pharaoh and his whole, his whole army. And the children of Israel were free to worship and sacrifice the Lord in the wilderness. So that's the short version. Why is this important for us today? Well, there's two things that are important. First, one is that God is saying to his people, he's saying to you today, he's saying to every person today, let my people go. He's not just saying, he's not just trying to get you out of, of slavery, get you out of hard work, get you out of things. He's, he, he wants you to be released. Why? So that you can worship him, so that you can live a life of worship. The question is, the great question is, who's Pharaoh in this story? Who is Pharaoh? Who is God saying today, let my people go to? Who's he saying it to? And I want to suggest to you this morning that, that, Pharaoh is a, is a shadow of type of the ruling power of the age. Pharaoh was probably the most powerful man on the planet at that time. So God, when God said, "Let my people go," He was saying it to the ruling power of the day, to the to the person, to the leader who was keeping people in their slavery. So who is it today? I need mean, we can ask that question. Is it is it Donald Trump? Is it Xi Jinping? Is it Scott Morrison? Is it you know these guys? You know they're they are you know right now they they are blocking the church from worshiping they're not letting us worship so they're obviously who we're talking about we need to be declaring to our to the leaders of our world that they need to let us go and worship the lord who else is it is is pharaoh is it the pastor you know you get it mean, let's just sing three songs in church we, he's he's blocking the spirit in the meeting he's quilt he's quenching it you know let let my people go pastor is it our parent is it our wife is it our, You know, I think it could be our children. You know what I mean? I'm trying to worship, but the children just will not be quiet. Who is Pharaoh today? And I want to suggest to you it's none of those things. I want to suggest to you this morning that we are in an age of independence. You see, Pharaoh is who you're in submission to. And I want to suggest to you that we're in a season, we're in, a, in an age where we're in submission to nobody anymore except our own thoughts. I want to say to you that today God is saying, let my people go. And he's saying it to your mind, to your thoughts. He's saying that you are in bondage, you're in slavery, not because of what anyone's doing, but because of what you're thinking. Let my people go. He's saying, let my people go that they may worship. And we you notice how your thoughts, they walk the same journey as Pharaoh walked. Sometimes, you know, something bad happens and you, you know, what do you do? You haven't been to church for a while or you haven't hung out with Christians or read your Bible for a while and something happens. Something happens like a plague comes through your life and all of a sudden you go, man, I need to read the Bible. I need to pray. I need to go to church. And it's funny, you come back to church or you, or you start reading your Bible and praying and, and you get this revelation of God. But then the problem goes away. And then you drift back into your old thinking, into your old ways and you and you what happens your heart gets hardened to the things of God and you embrace the things of the world again. And then something else happens, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you're walking the journey of life and, and you know, someone encourages you with a word and says, hey, why don't you just seek first the kingdom of God? Don't worry about all that other stuff. And you go, wow, yes, that's what I need to be doing. So you have this great moment where you're, you're driving along in the car and you've got the, you've got the scriptures playing you know, scriptures playing in the background and you, you know, because what are you doing? You're saying, you know what? I'm going to worship, but I'm going to worship on my way to work. I'm not going to set aside some time. I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, to, to get away from my life to go and worship for a few days or for a season. I'm going to do it on the way to work. And what happens? You're listening to the, to the scriptures being read. You're listening to the Psalms. You know, you're thinking, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. And then the phone rings in the car and it's your boss or your employee, and they and they disrupt your worship with work. And from that moment on, the worship ends and the work begins. Did you notice how Pharaoh said to, to, to Moses, okay, you can worship, but do it here in Goshen where your work is. Sometimes we say, Lord, we'll worship you, but we'll worship you on our terms, and we'll worship on the way to something else that's probably we hold more important. Do you get what I'm saying? Who Pharaoh is? Who is Pharaoh? Pharaoh's is your thoughts. Pharaoh's your mind, and it's it's those areas of your thought. You know, we can't, we cannot, you know, we we cannot separate ourselves from our minds and our thoughts because you know, if we do, we we, we you know, we will we won't be uh, walking around anymore. Yet, we can begin to train our thoughts, don't we? We can understand like. You know, we, and here's the culmination, though. We've got to put those things to death. I think it's Colossians 3, 5 talks about you've got to put those things to death that are attached to this earth. So we've got to take those thoughts, we've got to take those things and we've got to allow the Word of God, we've got to allow the Word of God to disrupt our thinking to the point that we'll lay it down, to the point that we will release ourselves to go and worship the Lord such an important message is father's day because we want to we want to embrace you know not that not that God you know God wants to liberate us so that we can go and do our own thing he wants to liberate us so that we can live a life of worship bring glory to him so that we can we can continually be an example to him wherever we go and 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 it requires us to take those thoughts and you think about Pharaoh your mind is like Pharaoh it took Pharaoh 10 different plagues to go through the whole land of egypt to him to get to the point where he to the and and the last one being the death of his own son firstborn son for him to release israel to go and worship in the wilderness and even then a couple of days later his heart gets hardened once again and he goes back to chase those thoughts to chase those people who were to chase the natural things that enabled him to live the lifestyle that he wanted to live. See, the beauty of the children of Israel for Pharaoh is they were building the bricks and they were doing all the work that made Egypt look so great. And the problem was when he let, his people, when he let the people of God go to worship, then who was going to do the work? And this is one of the battles we face. When we embrace the ways of God, the things of God, the thoughts, you know, the Bible talks about think on these things, whatever is pure, whatever is love, you know, all those things. When we, when we think on those things, who is doing all the work? you still got to do all the work, don't you? You've got to do it yourself. But the most important thing that we can do is we can separate ourselves from our work. We can separate ourselves from the day-to-day. We can remove ourselves from... You know, the, 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 the goal setting and the, all those things for a season so that we can worship the Lord. We don't want to let anything touch that season, do we? To the point where, after those ten plagues, you know, Pharaoh, he lets, finally lets them go and then he chases them because he realizes he, he needed them to sustain his earthly life. God had to put him to death. Here's the battle that you face, here's the challenge that you face every day, is that your thoughts, they just keep coming back, don't they? Those little offenses, those little things that they, they're like a revolving door. If you do not put them to death, they will come back. You still, you know, you carry some of those those thoughts that, you know, that that, that experiences, those offences, those they can be positive or negative. And you establish your life based around a thought instead of a life in pursuit of worshipping your heavenly Father. If you build your life on a memory, good or bad, then that memory defines your relationship with God. If you build your life as as an offering of worship to the Lord, then you'll still have to work. You'll still do all those things, but they will not define you. And you'll be able to lay them down for a season so that you you can step outside. You know, and sometimes we get to this revelation of, you know, you know, like the Israel you might be like the Israelites, you've figured it out finally and you go on a prayer retreat. And here you are, you're over a you're over a, um, you know, at the shack on the north shore praying or doing something. And then while you're over there, you get a phone call from your doctor and your doctor says, oh, I've just got the results in from that blood test. Um, you need to come and talk to me. And you go, What is it? He goes, Oh, just come and see me, you know. So there you are on this prayer retreat. You don't, you don't know whether it's good or bad. The doctor has said, come and talk to me about, about that blood test. Are you still praying and worshipping in that season? You can't think about anything. Oh, oh that it must be bad. That must be bad. You know, and he, he might be saying, you know what? You've got the most rarest, wonderful blood type of all time. and You need to share it with the world and you're going to liberate them and they're going to create um, you know, things to release people from the COVID virus because of your blood. You know, We don't know, do we? But what do we do? We go to the negative. God's calling you. And what is he saying to you? He's saying, hey, let my person go. Let my people go, he's saying. He's not saying it to Scott Morris. He's not saying it to me. He's not saying it to to your husband, to your wife. He's not saying it to, to whoever it is. He's saying it to your thoughts. He's saying, get your thoughts in order. And those thoughts that are attached to the earth, you not only need to put them aside, you need to put them to death so that you can attach your thoughts to eternal things and establish your life. And he, he's saying that, you know, the Bible talks for freedom, saying Christ has set you free, right? What does freedom in the kingdom mean? We are free to worship. We're free to give him glory. What do you do? What are the, You know, when we get to heaven, what do they do? They, they, they circle the Lord and they're... And the Lord, you know, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And you go, wouldn't they get sick of that? And you go, the magnificence of the Lord means that you would never get sick of that. I guarantee, give you a great example. You walk out to, very um, unfortunately named for this this point, Hell's Gate, you know, in the National Park every morning, right? You watch the sunrise come up every morning and every day you will say, wow. You see, anything that is of God, anything that comes from God, it gives a response of wow. And in reality, when it is actually God, it's not wow, it's worship. God doesn't want you to be free so that you can do whatever you want. He wants you to be free so that you can go and leave what you're doing and worship Him. We need to put our thoughts to bed those ones that are attached to this world. We need God says, what does He want to do? He says in Ezekiel, He says, I want I am going to remove your stony heart and I'm going to replace it with a heart of flesh. Because it's in that space when you've got a fleshy heart that you can build healthy relationships. That the that you know that that you can that you can do great things with him. The great point too that i that I'll, I'll also say to you that. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, wrath is a beautiful word that we don't use too much anymore except when we're talking about our wives. And uh, when what what wrath speaks of, it speaks of many different things. It speaks of offense. It speaks of anger. It speaks of depression. It speaks of all of those things that disrupt us. And the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Because here's what happens. When your, when your wrath is in seed form, It's very easy to deal with. All it requires is probably one of two things. It either requires forgiveness or repentance. Here's what happens though, is you let that little seed of wrath, um, you let the sun go down on it. You know what happens overnight? Things grow. And in the morning, it's a little bit bigger. And that weed is a little bit harder to pull out. And here's what happens. 20 years later, if you've let the sun go down for 20 years on the same offense, then you are a bitter, twisted, struggling person and your heart is rock, stone, solid like of Egypt. God's saying to you today, I believe he's giving you the great fatherly address today to deal with it, to deal with those thoughts that are attached to earth, to deal with those thoughts that that are holding you back from worship. And you know you're free when you want to worship. You know, you're free when when you're. You know, you, you don't care who's around you. you. You know what I mean. You just want to give God the glory. Who's Moses in this? We know who Pharaoh is. He's your thoughts. Moses is the Word of God. Moses represents God's Word speaking to you. When Moses comes in and 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 disrupts the Pharaoh and says, "Let my people go," or we're going to have frogs going through everything. They're going to be everywhere, in in everything, and and obviously so on. Moses is the Word of God. Who's the Word of God to you? It's, It's in the Scriptures right here, isn't it? We have this Word. And every time you read the Word, no matter where you are, no matter what you're reading, he's saying to you, let my people go. He's saying, bring your thoughts into submission to my kingdom, and when you do, you will be released from offense. You will be released from depression. You will be released from all those things that are currently holding you back from worship. And you'll start seeing the beauty and the privilege of having a relationship with God. We've said to you, we've challenged you this year that this year is a year for us to be good stewards of the world. So we've asked you to read the scriptures this year. We've asked you to go through the Bible. We've asked you to keep it in front of you because you don't need the you don't need the, the, the you know the crazy guy at the front telling you what to do. You need the word of the Lord telling you what to do. Which brings me to my last point, Aaron. Now Aaron's an interesting character. You know we know that through Aaron you know comes the the, the, the priesthood. But why does Aaron even come to the to the table. Why is he even in the story? He's in the story because God said to Moses, "I want you to go and speak to Pharaoh. I want you to declare my words to Pharaoh." And Moses, you know, cries to the Lord about his inability to speak, and he whinges and cries and gets upset until the Lord allows Moses to have have Aaron speak on his behalf. I want to encourage you this morning do not have a second hand relationship with the lord do not have a second hand relationship with the scriptures do not have your source of scripture being through the podcast or the preach that you listen to make sure that god is speaking to you to your heart to your mind especially to your thoughts directly out of his word it's great you know the best that we want to do when when we come and speak to you from, this, from the pulpit each Sunday, we're not trying to give you the answers. We're trying to invite you into a new conversation with God. Not with us. We want you to crack the Bible open. We, we, you know, when I talk about... You, if you open those, those first few chapters of Exodus and read them through about, about that, watch what God speaks to you about your own life and your own heart and your own thoughts. He wants to take those thoughts. He wants to take those thoughts that are attached... To the earth. They're either attached to something, an amazing good thing that happened in history, or an amazing negative thing that happened in history, and he wants you to put them to death because he wants your thoughts to be anchored to him, not to a version or a second hand or, or an imitation of him. Good, cheerful message on Father's Day. It's good stuff, isn't it? It's important. This, this, you know, here's, here's, here's the testimony that I have. God has been plaguing my thoughts for many, many years with his scriptures and it, it upsets me and it causes me, you know, and and sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, I get it for a moment. Or you know, if you would just release me from this, this thing that's hurting me right now, Lord, I'll worship you forever. You know, and God says, what a great idea, I'll release you and then 2 days later you've forgotten that you even had it you have this you know have this you, you know it's like in it's in the in the pain that we seek the lord and I, you know and i go wow we've, why do we, why does it take pain for us to acknowledge god why does it take something like that to to acknowledge god and and you know pharaoh over and over and over and over again saw god move miraculously and he humbled himself for moments But his thoughts were so attached to what the Israelites could provide him, what earth could provide him, that he kept hardening his heart and not releasing the people of God to worship. The question that I have for you today is what thoughts do you need to put down? What thoughts do you need to take care of and remove them from your thinking? What offenses do you need to lay down? What great experiences that are that you're trying to relive? That you know you have that one great New Year's Eve back in 1996, and it was the greatest New Year's Eve celebration ever. And forever you're trying to relive that moment, but it's never the same. Why? Because it's not about moments; it's about relationships. It's not about reliving an experience you had. It's about building relationships. And as you build your relationship, here we go in person with the king of kings, then you'll do relationships this way a whole lot better as so well. This is what I want you to do. I want you to hold your hand out. I want you to picture in your hand some of those things, that, 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 that some of those thoughts that you've got that are holding you back from worshipping the Lord. Even the thought that you want God to liberate you, but you've never thought he's liberating you so that you can worship. Even that thought needs to be put to death. And in your heart, or whatever, however you want to say it, you say to those thoughts, let my people go. And in essence, you're saying, let me go, that I may worship the Lord. Father, for every person in your house today, I just ask that you would bless them. That you would bless them indeed, Lord, with some revelation of you, Father with a grace that only you can bring, Lord, we surrender our thoughts to you afresh, Father. May our thoughts be defined and decided by the, the dream and the goal and the vision of worshipping you, Lord. May our work be worshipped to you. May our relationships show you our worship by our honour and our respect and our love and our challenge to each other. Lord, we give you glory and we give you praise. We honour you. May your peace be in the hearts of all of your people today. Lord, I ask for courage. I ask for, for hope. And I ask for strength for all of your people here. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this teaching, that you've been encouraged and challenged. To stay up to date with our latest messages, you can subscribe to our podcast. For more information, resource or service times, please check out our website at noosa.church.